Hi, everybody. It's Alethea, and we're back uh, for Witchful Thinking Out Loud with Alethea. And I am joined today by two fabulous witches. Lana Lee Mayhew is passionate about helping others realize and reclaim their own power. Lana uses pronouns she and her, and is a witch, fairy seer, geek, silly person, writer, singer, twit, and recovering stand-up comic, as well as a longtime member of the Earth Spirit community. I am also joined by the amazing Michelle Absoris Whitaker, a witch, a healer, a turkey vulture, a grandmother, and a longtime member of the Earth Spirit community. Welcome, welcome, witches to the podcast. Yay! So to yeah. Glad to be here. Yay! Um, so uh, basically, I met both of you through Earth Spirit through an amazing event called Twilight Covening. I'm so happy to know you both. And over the years, it's been um, an amazing, amazing uh, ride of learning and wonderfulness and fun and laughter and all the good things. Um, but I want to hear from each of you as a starting point. Um, tell me about how you became the witch you are today. And I'm going to ask Lena to start. All right. It's me. Time for me to start. So I've been a witch uh, since the late 90s. Um, we're all of an age. I think I would say uh, we're all around the same age. And um, so I started, I read about the Earth Spirit community in this little book called Drawing Down the Moon by Margot Adler. And I looked it up. Now, this is in the late 90s, you know, people, the internet was different different world then but they had a, a website because we have a lot of geeks in our community and I looked it up in the book and I looked it up online I'm like oh my god they still have events I was living in Boston and um, that's when I started going to Rites of Spring and I also had the opportunity to work with Margot Adler herself by going to some uh, like women only weekends a, a few of those over the years and for me, I don't have the the classical like witch training that people get. I'm more of the make it up as you go along until I got into fairy seership. And so I am a fairy seer apprentice with uh, the House of Bree and Orion Foxwood. And if you don't know who that is, that's fine. But, you know, we, we, we see fairy people and uh, we, yeah. So I'm going to make it up as you go along and do what feels right. And I think I'm going to let Michelle take over on her end. <laughs> okay. So Michelle, tell me about yeah. how you became the witch you are today. Wow. So once upon a time in a land far, far away, there was this little girl who was about five and a half years ago. And I was strolling through the main floor of a hospital in Massachusetts where my sister was born and in the gift shop window was the orange deck of gypsy witch cards and I had my father's hand and I let go of my father's hand and I ran over to it and I was in the window and I was mesmerized and I was begging my father for him five and a half years old I 
just was just wanting that deck. My father got it for me. Fast forward maybe six years and I begged my father, this is now <clears throat> still in the 70s. So it was probably 1973, four, five, 76. And I think at that time, Lori Cabot was on the news all of the time. And she was the um, Grand Dame official witch of Salem. And I was just, just like, that was the person who was on the cards. And I begged my father once again, dad. So he took me to, to Salem, Massachusetts. And I looked high and low for a witch. And I found out that there were other things that had, had happened in the name of witchcraft. And so <clears throat> that spun me into the elementary school of taking out every single book that I possibly could on the Salem witchcraft trials and thinking that I could cast spells in my backyard at the age of 11 years old. And I, um, you know, had kind of had that foundation of exploration. I was held in a place of being able to explore. I also have um, uh, a heritage background where my family are immigrants from Europe and they hold superstition and practices um, under the guise of Catholicism uh, in the old traditions of, of, um, of their ways. So I had all the folklore and the mythology and, and mystery um, and some learning some plants and my father teaching me about the night sky and um, my father getting struck by lightning when I was 10 years old or 11 years old. And so there was this, just this place of specialness that I felt that I had this connection that was being fostered. And as I got older, it was, um, I came like Lana, I came across uh, drawing down the moon in the late eighties. I'm a mother at this point. And I remember being in my kitchen and, and reading this one section Earth Spirit Community, and the rest is history. Um, and being able to meet Margot Adler at some point. Margot was very influential for a lot of us witches, and that catapulted me into uh, being classically trained, as well as exploring uh, Priestess Path Apprenticeship for a few years. And at this juncture, I'm also exploring fairy seership, and very much involved with um, earth spirit community when I can. Excellent. Tell me for, for folks who are not familiar with earth spirit, uh, the, what is the earth spirit community? It is, uh, the earth spirit community has been around since the seventies, eighties. Um, and it's basically, uh, I really, I'm, I'm just going to tell you now if, if, Deirdre is listening to this. I apologize <laughs> because I've been trained on how to talk about the Earth Spirit community. <laughs> like I'm like, uh, um, so I'll put it in my words. If I were telling a, a a person that's a friend, um, what the Earth Spirit community is, it's a it's a place where people from Earth based uh, spiritualities um get together and and do their thing and so we have gatherings like three or four times a year um we have rites of spring which is in 
the spring around Memorial Day weekend, Twilight Covening, um, which is in the fall, which is where, you know, we all worked together. And in the winter time, there's a Feast of Lights, which is the winter time we're in a hotel, um, kind of, you know, because it's too cold to be outside. But we also, there's also outreach that Earth Spirit does um, and does education for people um, to, to learn about um, pagan religions, but, you know, earth-based spirituality. It, it's like a place where, you know, we have Christians that are in our group. So it's all people who have the same sort of uh, feeling that the earth is sacred. And so we gather together in a common place from a, a bunch of disparate um, like types of paths. And we gather and, and you know, worship the earth. And Earth Spirit also has a, a, has a prominent place in the Parliament of World Religions. Um, so there is this growth and development of Earth Spirit that may have started as a, a, a small little council and culture that has grown into a global community. And I, for me, um, my daughters, I brought my daughters when they were very, very young in, in, the, in the early 90s. And now I'm the grandmother and I look forward to the day that I'm able to, to bring my grandchildren to the mountain. It, it's generational now, and we've we've celebrated um, so many births and changes and uh, transitions and um, and deaths. So it is truly a community of people that have a lot in common and a lot of places where we're learning from each other. Mm -hmm. I I think what's really special about the earth spirit community are the the gatherings and the events because of the of the conscious effort to to build something that is a a collaborative yeah. event so the rites of spring i'm going to talk about rites of spring and and feast of uh, not feast of lights but twilight mm -hmm. covening specifically but rites of spring is the the beltane gathering and it's um it's a weekend or, you know, five day ritual that is meant to be a place for people to have joy in the spring and welcome the spring. So there's a maypole, um, there's also a web weaving um, and it's all, the planning of it is all collaborative. We have people that are oversee the process but the it's truly bringing in people from the community to help build it out so it's the way it should be for everyone it's done it all with magical intention from the beginning um, yes. it, and the um, Twilight Covening is especially special <laughs> I know I shouldn't you know yeah, don't if, say. if you don't because yeah. um, I know a lot of um pagan gatherings or more festivals where you have workshops and you know you can do whatever you want and twilight covening is a is a conscious you pick a path and you're on it for the entire weekend and you're there to learn something or to gain something from it and 
it's yeah, it's intense. It's yeah. intense. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm. I met you at Twilight. I. I did a. I did a. a an. I did a, an intensive with y'all, and and y'all were my first Twilight. Y'all were my first. Oh. Um. And it. It. It's. You know. For. For the listeners. It's. It's just a truly intense experience because it really is. Uh. Set up to be a weekend long ritual where you are continuously in sacred space. And you are in sacred space, you know, from the moment they open up the ritual until the moment that they close the end of the ritual. Um, and, and you are, you know, everywhere you eat, everywhere you step, everything you do is part of that experience. And it's, it's really, really special. And, and, you know, I know it, it's trite to say it's magical, but it is, it's, it's, <laughs> it's incredibly magical. And uh, the, so I'm going to ask you guys now, tell me um, to talk a little bit about um, the work that, that, that I participated in, that you have been growing um, mm. vulture work, particularly, which I think is really, really relevant right now um, as we sort of stand in, in May of 2022, uh, looking at, at uh, the potential end of uh, a woman's right to choose. So um, tell me a little bit about that work and mm. what it's, it's sort of yeah. it's Genesis, it's relevance, where, oh, where Genesis, Tricky I think, Genesis. I, yeah. I think we have to talk so, about uh, all the dialogues first. Yes. We have to go there first. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, that's just dialogue. saying, that's just saying in sacral, that's the bowl. That's, that's the, uh, the, you know, if you, if you think of a, of the body of the uterus and the womb and the and without a womb um, and how you identify as a woman or you're curious. Um, the vulva dialogues has been around for a really, really, really long time. And that's embedded in Rites of Spring. And right. we have the vulva mothers and um, we, we will not call them out right now. And um, they have created a foundation for us for some 20 something years um, that provides this bodilicious body divine celebration and um, construction of awareness. And um, that's where Lana and I met some, some centuries ago. Um, and, um, we wanted, we just connected and we clicked and we just, we're like twins and we are twin flames. And we were just so jiving and juicy about the Volvo dialogues and, um, have been part of the Volvo dialogues for a very, very long time. And we too have, have become Volvo mothers and there's new generations of Volvo mothers Mm -hmm. and, um, one day we decided someday we're going to do a workshop together and we're going to do a clan together. And so we, we did, we started with some workshops and then we, um, suddenly one day out of the blue, a certain somebody with snakes in her hair made a big, big <laughs> visit. And, um, <laughs> I wonder <what> that was, <laughs> well, I mean, for me, this is all part of my world domination plan. Um, and so I started out um, with bringing fairy seership to Twilight Covening 
with the White Raven clan, which is the ancestor, like mm -hmm. connection to ancestor clan. And so it, it brings very seership practices. And then I did that for three years. And the plan was the, the first idea, though, was working and doing a, um, a fierce feminine clan and with Michelle. And so that's where, you know, also using fairy seership practices in it. And, you know, the fourth year that I was a clan leader, it was my first year as a turkey vulture. And we workshopped that. Like all of the things are worked, like the names are, you know, what animal fits this the best. And I wanted it to be the honey badger. Um, and I ended up having a honey badger clan, but it's different. Um, but anyway, I wanted to be the honey badger and, and, but that didn't really fit. And I think Michelle was the one who picked Turkey Vulture to work for this. And when That's you. true. That is absolutely true. Yes. And um, Turkey Vulture um, was um, when I was living in Florida, there was this, this feast of of um happening out in the distance and i was just absolutely just catapulted with 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 what they were doing and uh just in awe of just me watching these turkey vultures devour this whatever this thing was and i've been enamored with them ever since um specifically black vultures and that's a story for another time um but um turkey vulture was always there about how how the turkey vulture cleans up and um and, and it's and it's and it's quite scary how they look when you see them up close but when you see them um up in a tree or up in the air and how they're soaring it's quite a different perspective and view um and lynn and i would have these conversations we'd always have these conversations about the divine and the fierce and this this that and the other thing and we decided that now is the time to to do a clan um I forget exactly, you know, what, what the time in the space was, or maybe I think it was 2017, maybe 20. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't traveling or something. I don't know. But anyway, we 20, um, I think it was 2018, 2018, okay. 2018, because right. 2020 was, uh, our last virtual. year. Right. It was and virtual. Is the virtual, it was one. virtual. So 2018, 2019. Yeah. And there's, yeah. 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 So we have three generations of turkey vultures. So we, um, turkey vulture, um, is what it is in the, in the divine feminine and the fierce. One of the things about vultures, um, in particular is that, you know, ancient people thought they were all female. Interesting. So that was another reason why it was like a good choice for this clan. And what we wanted to do, our, our main um, thrust for the Turkey Vulture clan was to reclaim our power. Because, and you know, this is very indicative of what's happening in this country right now is that um, people are trying to take away the power of women. Yeah. And as women in patriarchal society, um, mm -hmm. our power is bleeded away all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Language, it, you know, on purpose. <laughs> and uh, so 
for the fierce feminine clan, we're going to take that power back because it belongs to us. It is our power. And we also want to make it clear and explicit that when we're talking about this feminine thing, we're, we're not, we're talking about women, um, whether they're born women or not, or yeah. whether they are women, you know, if, if someone is non-binary, yeah. um, if someone does not identify as a particular gender, um, they are also welcome in our, on this path because, it, you know, men are also welcome on this path of, of this taking our power back. Um, but we always, you know, it's with the, but it's definitely against patriarchy because it sucks. And so that's why it's a feminine, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's that, it's that, you know, when you, when you dismantle patriarchy, what's left. Mm. And, and there's all the, all the things that patriarchy has worked so hard to exclude in order to sort of vaunt itself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. In order yeah. to elevate, you know, this whole idea of in order to elevate patriarchy, we have to squish everything mm. else that, that mm. doesn't fit. Mm. Um, yeah, and we we threaded in uh, the the knowledge and how old uh, this um, patriarchal process has been, and what existed beforehand, and and what existed beforehand is based on archaeoastronomy. So we, we touched upon, upon that, what cultures were like prior to, and this is where turkey vulture is very, very important because during that period of time of, you know, if you want to talk ancient history, this is, you know, before um, Greek mythology, um, there is, you know, the bird cultures. And um, today you can still see some of the, 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 the ancient culture woven into um, Turkish tapestries. Um, you'll see the symbol of the turkey vulture still to this day utilized and revered. So we, we tied in this ancient archetypal um, culture and um, goddess identification um through the dark goddess and mm. uh the symbology of 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 turkey vulture and what that had to do in the different cultures in the the bird cultures etc and so what does what does that shape uh, how does that shape us today and how can we tap into that that ancient knowing and how do we um bring that to breathe life into that and uh, diminish the patriarchal hold that we have in society and so it was like the awareness of, you know, how is, how is the patriarchal process? How does it touch us today? And, and what can we do differently to stand in what we consider our power, our given space as human beings um, to, um, you know, to, to manifest change first within ourselves. Um, and uh, relinquishing those, those, um, those, I guess, those uh, parameters that have been put upon us in society. So, and it was very, very interesting that during this particular time, um, all of a sudden the, the floodgate of, of Me Too came mm -hmm. and Lana and I were just 
so emotional about how this is. Yes, this is our time. This is the time. Mm. This is so important, this particular work. And we worked very, very, very strongly and almost every single day for six months on creating Turkey Vulture. And it was so beautiful and how it was called in and uh, who showed up. You know, we had a, you know, a global list of dark goddesses that all these archetypes and there was one particular that has snakes in her hair that was really, really adamant about coming along <laughs> for the party. Definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, why? I mean, and, and it's interesting because um, so we're talking, of course, about Medusa. Um, and, you know, it, it was really interesting to me that, you know, after after taking that journey with y'all and doing the workshop and, and all of the, the, all the amazing work, um, around sort of unpacking who Medusa really is and what, what she's really about and what does it mean? Um, and, and what, you know, the ways in which her, her story has sort of been, uh, misunderstood or misrepresented, um, for years and years. I mean, like I remember I, you know, part of my initial journey into witchcraft started when I was, when I was five years old, uh, you know, my family was sort of Christian, but you know, I had my two, my two books where I had, you know, I had the kid's Bible, but I had Dollier's Greek myths and I read a lot more Dollier's than I did that Bible. Um, and you know, the, the Dollier's version of Medusa is very, very different. Um, yeah. and so, uh, you know, I guess why now and why Medusa? I think, well, that- you know, that's a good question. Um, she, uh, the work in cultivating Turkey Vulture, here's my Boston accent. Um, <laughs> she, um, or the archetype of Medusa just if if I could give a visual because that's where my my head is a lot and how I create things these um, visualizations come across the screen the, the mental screen or these um, sounds echoes whispers type of, of things um, so she just she Lana and I were meeting and um, she just kind of barged into the room oh and, yeah. And uh, it was, um, okay, all right, yep, you acknowledge, do I look at her or don't, don't I look at her because of everything that you're taught, you know? And um, so uh, she kept showing up and she kept speaking, but she didn't, she wasn't able to speak. Um, there was um, a lot of movement with, uh, with snakes and um the the tongue and the movement of the mouth and so it there was like this this mental translation like as if thoughts could be read and uh basically what the message was the time is now i I think one of the things about medusa too is that she kind of embodies what women are today maligned yeah she -hmm. was maligned like she was um you know her story is that um, she like screwed Poseidon on, you know, 
on Athena's dais, right? And so, but was she, was this a consensual act or was she raped? Um, and so her punishment, I'm going to use air quotes, her punishment was that she was turned from a beautiful woman until to this Gorgon-ish right. um, thing with snakes for on her head and with eyes that will make you turn to stone. And so, but was this a punishment or was it protection? Right. And, and so bringing her into, you know, 2018, you bring in that anger yeah. of what is, you know, happening to us, to women everywhere, to, to, uh, and that, yeah. So and they, it, that's... It, 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 yeah, and anger is one of those emotions we're not allowed to have. Exactly. Exactly. You know, this is something that I've written about a, a couple of times. Women are not allowed to be angry. We are we are chastised out of it at a very young age, and that's part of I think why women are trained train themselves to be passive aggressive because it's a yep. way to it's a way to to be aggressive without actually giving up that sort of veneer of goodness and niceness mm-hmm. mm. that makes us worth protecting. Right. And that's why standing and it's in our power is helpful. Of, of the, the, the archetypal uh, uh, deity, uh, male representation, to get it at another woman is through another woman. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to defile her because I can't touch you right now. So I'm going to defile what is most precious to you, and that is your priestess. Because that particular person holds power. And I'm going to strip away the importance of your power. Mm-hmm. And there is, there is Medusa. And what we're saying is you can take that fucking power back. You know, we're saying magically, we're not saying go out and do things, um, but you can, <laughs> like, I'm not, no judgment. But that's but, part of what magic is about. Magic exactly. is about, you know, you, what, what, you know, as above, so below, if you, what it is, whatever it is that you cultivate inside of yourself will eventually find expression externally. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, anger is a necessary emotion. I mean, the, the thing is, is that if you're going to be fully human, you have to have all of your human emotions available and accessible to you. And you have to have, you know, mm-hmm. they all have to have the power to be, mm-hmm. or else you're, you're not really able to inhabit your full human self. And mm-hmm. anger is one of those emotions. We have a right mm-hmm. to have anger, not just mm-hmm. because, you know, women have been wronged for centuries, but because, you know, everybody has the right to be angry when, when, when they're angry. Everybody has the right to inhabit all of their emotions if they're going to mm-hmm. be full human. And so to tell us you're not allowed to be angry is to say, well, you know, you might as well say, let's cut off your arm. You're not allowed to have your arm anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that answers the question of why you think Medusa is important right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's the embodiment of, of, of accessibility for your own self. And so being able to create the boundaries that, that you need or the protection that you need, the awareness that you need and or want to share. So for example, we could look at 
Um, just this week, there's um, two Hollywood figures that are battling it out in court right now over he said, she said, and what is going on in the media is um, she is lying. Uh, she is, uh, she, she's showing no emotion. So society is dictating her, her worth by her being able to, um, the commodity of emotion. So mm -hmm. for, for her, this particular person is, is, is not crying. So the expectation of society is that she should show that she's crying because she's hurt. And, um, but if she has rage, she is uh, defiled in, in, in the media. She's, she's so dangerous. she's dangerous and she's not she's really a dangerous. woman. That's right. That's right. And so we can take these little micro macro little aggressions and we can use those as not use those as examples, but they are pinnacles of what is still happening in society. Um, I just sent that to voicemail. Um, so, so currently, right now, it you know the voice of having autonomy and being um, being able to to be heard is being struck down all across the globe, whether you're a man or a woman. And Turkey Vulture stands for that, or you know the the archetype of Medusa stands. For that or is symbology of that because men grow up from young boys and told not to cry they have emotions but yet the expectation is their emotions need to be something well because crying is a is a female emotion right because emotions right. are gendered so That's and because right. If you're a female or a woman, you're less than. So if you have these emotions that are not, you know, that are, are attributed to, to that air quotes people, lesser gender, then, you know, you become lesser as well. And we say that that's bullshit. Yeah. And right. Yeah. Well, it's that it's, it, well, I think what Medusa does is especially when you you look at it from the perspective of you know that relationship with Poseidon maybe wasn't consensual mm -hmm. correct um you know certainly <laughs> the the brothers of Olympus were never very good at actually you know abiding by no means no um and so you know, you have this situation where what is it that she has given to protect herself? She has given a halo of, of snakes, basically, which in most ancient cultures also represent wisdom and knowledge. So she is crowned with wisdom and knowledge and she is given a gaze that literally stops men in their tracks and stops anyone in their tracks. And, and so she never has to be approached unless she wants to be. She never has to, you know, and she is, is essentially fully protected and able to, you know, do as she likes. Um, and that's that, and that, that empowerment 
that ability to say, I, I can, I am fierce and I am fearsome and you can't tell me what to do. Um, we don't yes, and God help you tell me what to do with my body. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't tell girls that we don't tell girls that mm-hmm. at all. Um, you know, and, and it is down to the very, you do not even control your own body. And that's, you know, at, at the moment that we're at right now, that's a terrifying prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's gotten worse since, since we stepped into Turkey vulture, right? So mm-hmm. do you remember when we stepped into Turkey Vulture, what was going on in the Supreme Court in that moment? Kavanaugh. Right. Yep. Kavanaugh hearings. Yeah. And it has just snowballed. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side of that, the awareness is here and there's mm-hmm. no turning back. I, yeah, there definitely has been a, a, a cultural shift that it has been positive. <laughs> <laughs> um. I guess many, I guess a lot of witches right now, especially are feeling a call to use their craft to actually help make changes, to, to stand in their power. Where should they start if they want to start using some of that turkey vulture Medusa energy? I think just standing in your power is, mm. is sometimes that's really hard. So being able to do that is, uh, is fantastic. Um, one of the things that we do is we we psychically, I guess you would say, call our power back to us. Um, mm-hmm. And I can tell you from personal experience that works. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've had situations where I've had, um, in particular, an argument with uh, friends of mine, now ex friends. But anyway, <laughs> it had been a few months since I talked to them, and I called my power back from that situation. I just called it back and they contacted me right after I did it because I had given them my power. And then when I took it back, it was like a void. Yep. They felt it was the there. They're like, where'd it go? Right. What, what happened to the bit of land I had? And I don't want to stress that everyone does this. And I think it's normal. So it's not like, you know, if you feel like you're in a situation where you gave away your power, like, yeah, so you did. So you just take it back, take, take mm. your power back, bring it back to yourself. It's yours. Mm-hmm. Um, if it sneaks out again, just bring it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Bring that sucker back. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when you go through a, uh, you're driving and you're driving and you drive that path all the time. And then suddenly you realize how did I get here? I don't remember. Um, did I just go through a red light? So did I just give my power away? So mm-hmm. I'm bringing in this awareness. Um, so it, it, it's, it's, it's similar to that. You're going along, you're doing the same thing and you're kind of here, but you're not here. And there's this cognition and all of a sudden you're saying, oh, here I am. I'm driving, I'm in control. I have my hands on the steering wheel and I'm bringing, I'm bringing the power back because I'm, I'm driving, I'm driving the vehicle. Uh Well, that's just it. We give away like so much during the day. And and it's also part of how we're socialized as women to Uh give ourselves. Like we're all supposed to, you know, essentially, you know, sacrifice ourselves on the altar of whoever needs us. And (laughs) And, and that's, and, and the idea of 
calling your power back is also just about realizing that, you know, where you choose to, to give energy, who you choose mm. to give it to is your choice. I mean, defending your right to choose starts right. with yourself. And I'll give you an example for today. Um, I felt the rage inside of me today and that's very, it's a dangerous place to be with the level of rage of not being able to release the valve in some way that is constructive. Mm -hmm. So we know that there's a lot of things going on in the world right now. There is war, there is Roe versus Wade, and there are people that are being gunned down because of the color of their skin. Absolutely. And there is that rage. Who's next? Who is next with war, with having rights removed and being, being killed because of the color of your skin or, or. So today I decided to go out into the garden. I'm in Florida right now. I went out into the, um, out into the gardens, had my big gardening shears and I started chopping stuff down stuff that no longer served. So it was very symbolic of what was going on in my head and what was uh, bubbling over inside of my bloodstream. And I started taking it down. And when I was taking it down, I started the song. I started the chant of bringing my power back. And I have my, I'll, I'll send you a text a little later on and I will show you my savagery. <laughs> and, uh, and how I came back to center by being able to um, do the movement. Cause you remember we had movement with that, right? And uh, being able to uh, look at what was going on inside of me and bringing myself back to center and bringing back my power rather than um, me going, uh, going out onto the street with my big shears and starting to continuing you know, carnage um, <laughs> <laughs> penises off. What? I didn't yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah, said, that was our inside voice. Um, <laughs> that was air quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> uh, we may be editing that out. <laughs> Stand by whatever I said. Um, anyway, but but <laughs> I mean, I think that 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 I mean, in terms of there's there's an element of grounding and centering to it, but it's also really is an element of sort of saying that you belong to yourself, mm -hmm. and 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 so that you can't forget yourself, and you mm -hmm. can't lose yourself, and you can't deny yourself, and you also can't um, ignore yourself. And there's all this sort of, you know, that act of, of, of calling your power back, of saying, this is mine and mine alone and, and no one else gets to have it but me unless I choose to give it to someone else. Um, that act is, is, is incredibly powerful. Um, and one that I think that, that anybody who's, who's feeling, who, who not just feeling, but who is marginalized in our society and again, so many, um, that that's, that one act alone is an incredible start to, to something. Um, I guess one other question I wanted to ask was what's next for you with this work? I know, 
that y'all aren't probably going to do the actual turkey vulture teachings again at earth spirit, but you've got all this energy and you've got all this, this, uh, uh, and there's a lot of work to do. <laughs> and so what happens a lot with, of work to do with this energy and with, with, uh, what you've learned about Medusa and what you've learned from Turkey Vulture. What's next? Well, I'm going to go first because um, I'm kind of a bummer right now. <laughs> I think Michelle's would be more uplifting. Because <laughs> I want to say to everyone that I do not have my shit together. <laughs> and like um, right now I'm, I'm just, in this place where I'm just surviving, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, and I am, you know, I'm like reading way too many romance novels. And I, <laughs> I'm, and I'm working my job. And I, and so I'm concentrating on professional Lana. And, and which Lana is here. And, and she's kind of angry. So she's going to be over here kind of thinking about, oh, maybe doing some of the things I taught other people to do. You know, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll try that. You know, like where, you know, like doing my own, my own medicine. But one, one of the reasons why I want to mention it is because I feel like a lot of people that are teaching uh, pretend to be, have all the shit together all the time. And I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm nodding my head really vigorously. I just say... I, I also think it's really important, you know, when you are someone who teaches to be very, very open and honest that sometimes that, that sometimes you don't have your shit together and that, that you, that it's, that you can experience those moments where you're like, you know, what, I'm just not feeling terribly with you right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just holding it together and I've got the duct tape and the paper clips and that's about right. all I can muster right now. Right. Um, it's okay to do that. Um, and I think that it's, it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say, I see you. And, and that is, mm. that is an honorable place and an honest place to be. And, and that's, you know, that is every bit as much standing mm. in your power as if you're off sort of like with the shield and the sword and, you know, protesting. No, I'm, you don't have I'm reading werewolf <laughs> and, uh, like, <laughs> that's fine baby daddy like romance novels no I've gone off to deep end people (laughs) I've read over 200 books so far this year geez but you're gonna but I also know you and I know you'll come back eventually when you're ready eventually got when you know and 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 that's that's there that is every bit is valid it's also part of our group though Michelle it's the cycle it is you know it's the cycle because we talk about in Turkey Vulture about the cycle. Sometimes you're mm-hmm. in a period of growth and sometimes you're in a period of it, everything sucks. Um, yep. And I know Michelle's doing amazing things with her life. So I'm going to push things. Well, to use well, one more vulture metaphor, sometimes you're gorging on the, the carcass and sometimes you are cracking right. your feet. Um. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, I can, that's a big hit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's turkey vulture says people yeah oh, michelle yeah. what are you up yes. to what's next for you with the turkey vulture work oh turkey vulture work is um it's every day i 
have a certain time in the day where I think of the turkey vultures, all three generations, um, every day at the same time. And um, it's just a, like a, oh, just a, like, a, like a heartbeat, like um, just a, like this little pat on my chest. Um, and that is my uh, connection to turkey vulture every single day. Um, uh, turkey vulture is keeping abreast of what is happening in the world. Sometimes it drives me absolutely rageful. And then there are times where I am in a puddle and I'm crying. Um, I, an example, I, I'm in graduate school and um, one of the last papers that I had to do had, had to, it was a case study on a 21 year old with uh, sexually transmitted disease. Um, and I won't get into the nitty gritty, but it, it had to do with, um, you know, gynecological examination. And I was, by the time I was done with this 14 page document, I was uh, three o'clock in the morning. I had so much rage inside of me that the, on that Monday morning, there was the opportunity to have that all taken away. And so that is my turkey vulture work right there is acknowledging every single day what's going on around me. And I think of my granddaughter and my grandsons and how are they going to be walking in the world? So it, it, my head, I'm an Aquarius. So my head is all full of this advocacy. How is this going to be in my medical practice? How, how is this going to be um, for myself? How do I take care of myself? Um, and so in the current moment, um, I'm on vacation and I have been burning the candle at both ends for a really long time. And I'm looking forward to getting on that mountain and spending some time with, you know, 300 beloveds. And most especially me and Elena are going to be sharing the same space for the first time in right to spring for yep. first time ever mm -hmm. wow. in a while. Yeah. In, since 2019 that was yeah we shared a room that year yeah. last time we slept together Lana was I know. <laughs> been way too long this time my husband will be with us so that'll be yeah, fun. That's okay that's that's, that's fine that's I, fine I think one thing that what you're talking about raises is just the notion of and this to bring it back to sort of another thing about turkey vulture is the idea of community that, mm, yeah. that so much of, of the antidote to so much of this, I think yeah. is yeah. about how do you create community? How do you, you know, that, that when you are building community, you are building, um, a, a mechanism that can help you grapple with all these problems, both internally and externally. Um, and really it's, it's community that's going to save us. Um, mm. And that's gonna that's gonna weave us together. That's going to weave us together as just an individual, and weave us together as a society. Um, and 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 you know that's you know they talk about you know you, you you see some you see turkey vultures on their own, but more often than not you see them in groups. 
Uh And, you know, a a, a group of of turkey vultures is called the committee, (laughs) as we all know. Or wake. Or or awake, depending on how you're feeling. Yep, I did that post today. Yeah, (laughs) on the the different levels of turkey vulture. But it's it's you know I really do feel like um, that for me my experience in in doing the turkey vulture work was that was that weaving of community. In addition to just learning how to stand in my own power, learning how to stand in a community with others, and and having that be such a, a, a vibrant experience and such a, a fulfilling experience. Because I think when you, when you live in a society that is so um, infused with patriarchy, which is so about, I have to, to take from you in order to, to raise myself up. It's a very zero sum culture. It's a very sort of, I win by making you lose sort of thing. And somebody has gotta be the dominant person in the room and who's in charge here. And so this whole, um, to be in a community where that energy was completely absent um, and where that, that was, where it was not about who was in control, but it was about how, how were we lifting each other up? And that to me is, was an incredible gift. And I think a very, very much a part of this energy and that, that, that working. Um, so we could probably talk for another hour. We could talk forever is the thing. And we're sort of out of time a little bit. Um, so I guess I want to just say thank you to both of you, um, Michelle and Lana for a agreeing to be part of this conversation. My Uh, pleasure. Yeah. Like me and my crazy, me and my crazy podcast. Um, Oh, I love it. So happy to have you both. Um, so happy to to talk to you and get to share some time with you. And folks, that's it for uh, Witchful Thinking Out Loud with Alethea. And I hope you enjoyed it. And I look forward to uh, showing up in your podcast feed again. So, all right, thanks everybody. 